Hello and welcome to November 11th at Bitch Prince Podcast. Uh, thank you all for joining me today. I know that last week we had a little meditation to try to get us through the election. And I know it was a bumpy ride last week. I am so pleased to have you all with me today and to celebrate that we have the first woman in the freaking White House. Here's the deal. Regardless of your party, I have said time and time again, I'm going to try not to get too political on this podcast. But regardless of your party, it is extremely exciting as a woman to have the first woman in the White House. Can I get a whoop whoop for Madam Vice President? Hell yes. It is monumental. And a lot of people will say that, you know, some of the biggest and most monumental presidents were JFK and then Obama. But now it's it's a whole new world because we are officially adding women in the White House. So this is on that level. I am so thrilled. You know, a lot of people say that trends go in opposite directions. And I think after Bush and a lot of people that hated Bush, we went the total opposite and we had Obama for eight wonderful years. And we had that change and that move toward equality. And then because of that monumental point in history we were where we had our first black president, we went the other direction. And now it's swung back in our favor. And my only biggest hope here is that we continue the work forward because there's still so much fucking work to be done, that we continue the movement and the momentum forward, unite this country again. And I hope that with a mix of what we're used to, aka a super old white dude who loves women and Christianity, straight white dude, <laughs> what we're used to for our typical presidents, a mix of that and the monumental moment of having a woman as our vice president and not only a woman but a woman of color that the the swing won't go the other way again that maybe we've had a little bit of equilibrium here that we're saying hey we're America we're still set in some of our ways aka Joe Biden old white dude president but we want change and we recognize it and we want to unify and we want to include everyone in this nation because we aren't free until we're all free, a.k.a. Kamala Harris. So I'm just over the moon, did a lot of happy dances, celebrating, popped some bubbly with my husband, did a few champagne toasts with my friends over FaceTime and just screamed and danced with happiness. It's a beautiful moment in America's history, no matter who you voted for, holy shit, we have a woman in the White House. So excited. So, 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 so excited. But I know, again, we have so much work ahead of us still. This isn't like, oh, cool, we're done, yay. No, <laughs> no. But with that comes a lot of self-care. I know that anyone who was heavily involved in this race, which I would assume would be most people, most women listening to this podcast, that it had there was a lot of anxiety and last week was really hard to get through i had taken some pto because uh, i realized i hadn't taken any like i had taken one day this whole year because of covid 
So I took some time for myself because it was my birthday. And damn, am I happy I didn't have to go to work on November 4th. <laughs> my birthday wasn't the, till the 5th, but I took off the 4th and I'm just, yeah, very thankful I didn't have to go to work for that. It was tough, guys. It was tough. And I know that some of us, even though we have this huge win, we could still feel nervous about what's ahead of us in terms of, you know, actually getting Joe into the White House and Trump not, you know, setting up bars and military <laughs> saying he won't leave or something. And also just the work we still have to do as a country towards justice and equity. But it really was amazing to hear our president and vice president-elect both out loud say that we have a systemic racism issue in our country that needs to be fixed. Because if some of you aren't aware, you know, the war on drugs in the 80s, which was completely supported and backed by Reagan, this was something that was high level up to the president initiative and it 110% was targeting especially young black men but all people of color to put more of them in jail and that was something that came from the president down so to have our president now not really that many years later not simply say oh yeah we got to make some change like literally out loud saying we have a systemic racism issue in our country. I, it's huge. And I know that the work still needs to be done. We can't just say it and then move on. Actions speak louder than words, but it's just, it, it feels really good. So I hope everyone has had a breath of fresh air, even if you have a little bit of anxiety for until we get to January 20th when we actually get our elects into the office. But also a lot of us might still kind of be reeling off of the past anxiety from last week. I know that even though we are excited, it was a lot. It weighed heavy and tears were shed for sure over in this household. Good and bad, scared and celebratory. So some of us might still be like, holy shit, I can't believe I have to go back to work already. I need like a break. So I want to make sure then in the podcast today, I give you some really great self-care tips because it's not just about being a career-driven woman on this episode. It's about being a woman in this country, and it's about everything we went through and recognizing it and being happy that hopefully we're also going into a country that's not going to gaslight its citizens either. And if you feel like over the past election months that you have felt been gaslit by your country that you have felt like your family was supporting someone that directly was trying to take away your human rights and wanted to deny your existence or even punish you for your existence. This could all be weighing very, very heavily on our hearts, even though we have won. So I want to make sure that that is addressed. It is recognized. But on this episode, I want to talk about cancel culture and I want to talk about how we move forward in this environment without getting too crazy political here. For those who aren't familiar, cancel culture is when someone actually does something bad on the internet or on TV, etc., whatever, doesn't have to be a celebrity and everyone is like, oh, you're done, you're canceled. And usually there's some kind of hashtag involved 
Google says, Cancel culture, or call-out culture, is a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles online, on social media, in the real world, or both. Those who are subject to this ostracism are said to be cancelled. Dun-dun-dun. I think it started off as a harmless thing. Uh, you know, a lot of things on the internet do. All of our memes, all of our jokes, not everyone's a troll. Sometimes things do start off kind of as a joke, like, oh, you're canceled, you know, just like, sorry, not sorry. But cancel culture has reached a whole new level. And even though I am a firm believer that, you know, there's that meme going around that says something along the lines of, no matter who we voted for, we can still, you know, be polite and civil and be friends. And the response back from the other little meme head is something along the lines of, um, yeah, maybe, but I can't, friends don't support people, policies, and institutions that oppress their other friends, their actual friends. And that's been very prominent, but I know that there's been a lot of headway in, and, and issues and tension with families for a long time, but now especially the hate is running rampant. So I do want to address the difference between anger and hate. Maybe how to handle it and not cancel your family. And how to get through any anxiety you have moving forward when you do, you know, talk to friends and family that you don't want to cancel. And that you want to work through it, but also there's certain issues that, you know, obviously you can't work through. And when I say you can't work through, those are things like not, you know, Trump stood for being against gay marriage and, you know, it would hurt my heart that everyone loved my wedding, but if I wanted to marry a woman, I wouldn't have gotten that wedding. That's insane. And they, there's literally something trying to pass where transgender people could be denied hospital care, which is not only just absolutely insane, <laughs> uh, but I think there's this huge divide between, well, I want to believe what I want to believe and I want to choose what I want to choose. And one side is maybe reacting or saying things that one side doesn't agree with, but where you draw the line is, well, everyone should have the choice then. <laughs> I should be able to choose my religion. I should be able to choose who I love, which in reality, you're not even like choosing who you love. You fall in love with who you fall in love with. Uh, but there's this huge divide of don't tell me what to do on both sides. And in the end, we need to come together and realize everyone gets to make their own choice as long as they're not harming someone else. And to have a president that was putting something in place to say, not only do I not recognize transgender people, I'm literally saying that they are not human beings that deserve health care. And that is, that's, that's inhumane, it's disgusting, and whether you agree with transgender or not, um, I firmly do, of course, uh, you can't deny someone hospital care. That is literally saying, I don't recognize your existence as a human being. That's not saying, I don't understand what it means to be a transgender person, I'm not sure I follow. That is saying, nope, if this is how you identify, you're not a human to me and you don't deserve healthcare. It's alarming. It's terrifying. And 
I know that a lot of people are feeling that. If you are listening to this podcast and you are a transgender woman, I, I just apologize for any of that fear that you have had. And it just shouldn't even be a little blip in the question of the air of politics. It just shouldn't. I mean, it's no question that there's too much politics. Everything is politics in the U.S. and most of the world already thinks we're crazy and doesn't respect us at this moment. Hopefully we'll get back to that level of respect that America has always had. We'll get through this like we've gotten through everything, hopefully, and continue to improve. But the whole thing is, is this is a relationship. A leader in its country, the people in the government, it's a relationship um, that's like every other relationship. And it's going to have ups, it's going to have downs, some up downs, some downs are not acceptable, but we can't have some kind of cancel culture for citizens unless they are actually harming you. I think that's where a huge divide is as well of people saying, well, you can't, why would you hate me? I get to vote for who I want, but it reached a new level with our candidate. It's not really about I say our candidate, he's not my fucking candidate. Um, <laughs> um, it reached a new level. It wasn't about Democratic and Republican anymore. It was about someone in power that was leaning towards some fascist comments that are directly in his tweets, like not going to be, you know, give, getting, not uh, acknowledging that he lost and not leaving the office. Uh, we are not a dictatorship, sir. And... A lot of scary things that triggered a lot of people that maybe had family members that have been through similar issues. And we have to recognize, I'm, you know, as a Jewish person, I'm firm and I don't want to directly, you know, compare it to the Holocaust. I can't, I can't say what a black or person of color has been through. And, you know, in the end... Holocaust is genocide, and so how they f have been treated and murdered, they might, that's the only thing they might be able to compare it to, and I recognize that. I do think, in general, it's offensive to say what's happened in our country has is like the Holocaust specifically, uh, because six million Jews died and they were just dragged out of their homes and gassed and murdered and shot in the street, and that was like normal day to day. So... It's, it's not on that level, but I think it's healthy for this country that we have recognized that Trump had fascist tendencies and that there were things that he was doing that were, was very similar to the speeches and the motivations that Hitler put into the people. Hitler put into the people, oh, the Jews are ruining the economy and brought them together in a toxic way and was gaslighting everybody <laughs> except for those who followed him. And... I think that it is amazing of our country that we could look at Trump and say, hey, I do love my country. This is not what my country is about. We are not fascist. We are not a dictatorship. And comparing it to the Holocaust directly, a little offensive to me, but saying that we could be leading down that road in 40 or 50 years and recognizing that trend and that pattern and stopping it now, that's fucking amazing. And I'm so proud of my country and those people because we don't want to repeat history. It's the same thing as with a relationship, recognizing, hey, these little things that are happening, I think we need to go to therapy and work through them because 
hey, it might not happen until we're 40 or 50, but this could lead to a toxic thing happening in our relationship or lead to just like stonewalling and then we hate each other and we don't even remember why. It's so powerful in any relationship to recognize flaws and go fix them before they're a huge problem. And so I am just through the roof proud of the majority of the people in my country who voted for Biden and Kamala to say, hey, we don't want to get to the Holocaust. We don't want to get to something like that. We can recognize that there is systemic racism, injustices, hate against the LGBTQ community. And I just want to say how proud I am of you. And if anyone is feeling anxious, I want you to think of that, that Yes, we saw some very scary, scary tendencies. And those people are not all gone. Obviously, people that voted for Trump still exist and are still citizens just like us. But we need to be so proud of ourselves that we saw it and we recognized it and we corrected it and will continue to correct it. That is huge. And you've got to celebrate that. And if you ever are feeling heavy amounts of anxiety, I challenge you to just kind of make that your mantra that we did do it, we did recognize it, and we're going to move forward now. And it's really powerful. I know it's not enough, but it's still really fucking important. And I want everyone to really recognize that. And even though we still have a lot of people that, you know, obviously hate other religions, other races, other um, people who have different genders or sexual orientations, there's still a lot of hate and people are, uh, there's still a lot of fear for the safety of these people, you know, especially black trans lives. It still exists. It's still scary, life threatening. But the majority of our country voted that no, we're a democracy and we want equity and justice and I'm just thinking that way we literally hit a point in history and we said no and that is it is huge it is so important especially with everyone blowing up on social media with their crazy so first and foremost I just want everyone to hold that in their hearts and their minds when you do have those anxious days or nights and still be proud to be an American now I know it's hard with this whole cancel culture You want to start canceling celebrities, family members, anyone who voted for Trump. And I take it with a grain of salt. I say like anything else, you have to take things relationship by relationship. I think putting a blanket over anyone or anything is negative and it doesn't lead to change at all. And if we want to change, we can't have a total cancel culture either. And we can't just start absolutely hating people for casting their vote, even though they obviously voted against rights of human beings. We can be angry, but the cancel culture and the hate isn't going to do us any good. It's like if you start screaming at someone, they're going to stop listening and... It's very hard to separate between anger and hate, but I've even had hard conversations with people that have said, oh, I don't like the hate. Well, are you confusing anger and hate? Because as a privileged white woman, I obviously have to make sure I notice that 
of course these people that were literally having their lives threatened and having their welfare threatened uh duh they're fucking angry that this is even in question and you if you're a privileged person you have to be able to mentally go there and realize that yes these people have every right to be angry and if you can't recognize that you are gaslighting and you need to check yourself and maybe go to therapy but <laughs> but I also say on the other side you can have anger and fuel it to make change but if we focus on cancel culture and cancel everyone online and cancel friends cancel celebrities we're not going to change those people's minds and you might say hey we're not going to change their mind anyway but there is something to say about having a relationship where you try to at least move forward and show them in a passionate, maybe kind of angry, but an open way that this was wrong. You're not going to get to them by hating them for sure. And I know that it is way too hot off the scale to be talking about that. Right now we really are just trying to stop feeling so anxious and to calm down and maybe transition our hate to anger instead. But I just want everyone to recognize and be empathetic. And I mean, isn't that <laughs> issue in our country today is that the empathy and the kindness just felt so stripped away, so incredibly stripped away. So I urge you while you're healing to also have your mantra be empathy. And even if someone's not giving you empathy, fine, walk away from them, get them out of your life. You can cancel someone out of your life, fine. But don't blow up social media, canceling people and yada yada. It's not going to do any good. And it's only going to emotionally hurt more people and then they might become more radical than they would have been. It's just not healthy. And it's bullying no matter what side you're on. And it could be emotional abuse and emotional harm no matter what side you're on. So this cancel culture is not here for us. It does not serve anyone. It needs to stop. But distancing yourself and choosing your own relationships in your own life, fine. You just don't need to blow social media up about it. It literally is going to help no one's mental health. And it's not going to help your anxiety at all. Choosing to cut someone out of your life, good. That will help your anxiety. Just blowing someone up online, no. You're going to be thinking about that conversation. It's going to be racing in your head. You're going to say, maybe I should reply again. It's just, not, it's just not good. It's not good and it's not going to serve you either. I promise you. Be an adult and handle it. And if you need to separate, separate. But don't attack on social media. It's just not a mature way of dealing with it no matter what. If someone says something to you on social media, of course you get to respond back. I'm not saying be defenseless and ignore people that are hurting you. I'm just saying don't be the one that starts this cancel culture. Don't be that person. And I know it's just very difficult and is putting a lot of anxiety on families. And I think a lot of that is not being able to understand the hate versus anger. And of course, the lack of empathy as always. And I realize that some people are always going to be like, why do we have to hate? We voted for different people, but we can still be friends. You know, it goes back to what I was saying earlier of, but if you voted for Trump, you are voting for other people to not have a choice in their life, in their health care, in their marriage, and in their bodies. 
So no, you can't vote for someone that wants to oppress and promote more inequalities and literally harm others physically and then say, oh, well, I, I, want, I should have my choice, shouldn't I? Well, you chose for me to not have a choice in my own country. So that is the core issue here. You can't say I have a choice to vote for who I want, but then you voted for someone that literally would remove choice basic choice like marriage from people's lives and I understand that the majority of our country is Christian but I also think that the true Christians are are waning and so I it's it's sad because I think Christianity can be a very powerful religion even though it's not mine and there's too many people that claim to be Christian and really their values don't match and maybe that's part of the reason why I love being Jewish because you can't just like say you're Jewish, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, you, it's, it's tough, but you are allowed to be angry. And if there's divide at the dinner table and someone who voted for Trump starts trying to say I should get to choose and why are you so full of hate, blah, 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 and starts calling you names then they are wrong and I know in their eyes they'll always think that you brought the hate but they literally denied your existence and you are allowed to be angry so I just want to also sit here and and confirm that you are allowed to be angry I highly recommend going to therapy after this period I think everyone should always go to therapy anyway uh, I recommend going to therapy to manage your anger and be able to better approach people when these conversations come up. Like therapy will actually help you address it without boiling over and like having a panic attack or something. So, you know, go to a therapist for those tools. Just like a doctor's going to tell you to take your vitamins and do cardio 30 minutes a day, a therapist can give you the proper tools to handle the anger and then manage conversations without freaking out, blowing up, or harming yourself because you get overworked. So go to a therapist for those tools, for those conversations, and to be the mature one having them. But if you have a family member that voted against you having a choice for existing, then I, again, I say you have the right to be angry. You do. And if they start blaming you for bringing the hate to the table, you are being gaslighted and you saying that to them isn't going to probably change anything, but I just want you to hear it from someone that is gaslighting for you to exist and say, this is me and them to vote against your human rights and then say, well, everyone should have a choice. Why can't I vote for who I want? Why are you bringing this drama to the table? It is gaslighting 110%. And besides the lack of empathy and kindness, it is one of the biggest issues in our country right now. And the only thing I have to say, why you can separate yourself from these people but still don't cancel them, is because they are slightly, I mean, they're still an adult, but then they can make their own fucking decisions and they know what's right and wrong or should, but they slightly have been manipulated and emotionally abused as well. The mind is weak. The mind wants to follow. Human nature is to believe in a higher power. And one of the hugest issues that I see with the Trump fascism 
is the idolization of him. I'm going to vote for who I want for, but I am not going to post all these pictures of them in my house or something like that. And I think that's where people are trying to say that he's like Hitler because it's the idolization. It is these giant flags and Trump trains and people having, I mean, just signs and flags and pictures of him unlike anything, honestly, anything this country's ever seen. I don't. I literally don't think there's been a president that has been idolized like this and that is that is the fear because first of all idolization does not belong in religion especially christianity so i don't understand but idolizing anyone especially a political person literally never has been good in any history book ever it's literally bad in every single course of history we're all just humans doing a job and it, the idolization is where the comparison of Hitler comes in. And it is terrifying because we realize our country who has fought against those kinds of leaders could go there. So again, excuse me, I burped. Um, again, I say that it's, don't, it's not directly compared to the Holocaust, but we need to be so proud of ourselves that the majority of the U.S. did see this level of idolization and canceled it. <laughs> so I'm glad we canceled that. And I hope that continues, people realize how toxic and weird that is. But when you're sitting at the dinner table, separate yourself from those family members, but don't cancel them because they have been marked by this idolization as well. And again, they're adults. So I don't want to say, oh, well, they're victims because they're not the victim. They're not. But they have still gone under emotional, I don't want to say abuse. I'm not going to say, right, I'm not a fucking therapist. But they have been manipulated. Their emotions have been toyed with and preyed upon. Trump was not a leader. He was a master manipulator. He is a businessman. He is a con man. And he knows how to manipulate the brains and see what people want and make it happen or make them think that's what they want. That's been his whole life. He's an expert at this. And so, of course, he freaking did this to so many Americans who were ready to go in the opposite trend of Obama, as just sociology will tell us. And in the end, even though it's still to blame because they are a human being, in case you forgot, the when you're writing like a newspaper or something, they say to write at an eighth grade level because that's the average reading level of our country, an eighth grade reading level. And so you can't say that these people were ri ridiculous for getting swayed. It's going to happen. Like, we're not, we're humans. We're not all flipping geniuses. It happens. The brain is one of the most unknown things in this world besides the deep blue sea. <laughs> and people don't even understand their own brains and won't even go to therapy. So you have to at least recognize. I'm not saying you have to just wave a wand of, of, oh, forgiveness, and it's fine, it's not your fault, blah, blah, blah. No, not saying that at all. But just recognize the reality and that it's sometimes beyond a human. It's, it's beyond one person. It's this thing that's way bigger than them that they chose to follow. And when things get way bigger than you and humans want to follow those things, bad shit can happen. And bad shit did happen. And so you at least need to be empathetic yourself to get through this being empathetic will actually help you get through this as well. You need to be empathetic and see where your family was 
manipulated or drank the Kool-Aid or went for the wrong higher power, etc. And and recognize that. Like, no, we're not sociologists. We're not psychiatrists. Obviously, you're not, it's not our place to start diagnosing people and yada yada. But I'm what I'm trying to plug here is empathy. And just to really sit and watch and listen and be empathetic before you blow up and totally cancel someone. But of course, I say that if you have, are you, if you're able to have calm conversations with people in your family, continue to do that. I know it's going to be still so hard. I, those conversations for me are difficult and my rights aren't even really in question besides abortion rights. And I can't even imagine how tough those conversations are for people of color, for people of different religions, for people in the LGBTQ community. And I, I can't speak to that, but I just, all I can say is continue going to therapy and continue with your self-care because these conversations aren't going to stop coming up and you need to take care of yourself while you keep having them because you're going to have to keep having them and you need to be able to manage your anger and not cancel and be able to, if you, if you're able to manage your anger and able to see that empathetic side, even for the people that you are the most angry towards. Notice I didn't say hate, most angry towards. That will actually fuel your own heart and make you feel better and make you feel less like you've taken energy out. Because here's the thing, hate takes energy. And if we focus on the anger and handle it and treat it and have those adult conversations, you can manage that. You can work through it. You can find that self-care balance. But if you're going to hate, it's just going to expel all this energy out and you are just giving that energy to that side. You're just giving it away to anyone and everyone and it's not gonna serve you at all and it's not gonna fill you. It's gonna just take and suck away and you're gonna see it being sucking this away from your energy all across your life from relationships to work. You're not gonna be able to do your job right or foster your partnership if you are letting the hate consume you and just absolutely letting anything and everyone that you see that you come across that disagrees, if you are just letting them fuel that hate and suck it out of you, you get to be angry, you get to be passionate. But if you don't focus on empathy and self-care, all you're gonna do is wear yourself down before you change anything. It's totally the tortoise and the hare and more and more people are saying that online and I might have said it in a past episode I believe that if you just let it all out then you're not it's it's a it's not a sprint guys it's not a sprint and it's taken how how long you know what this freaking 60s there was still segregation and black and people and people of color couldn't even eat in the restaurant drink from the water fountain use the same entrance use the same bathroom and all of a sudden, you know, we're thinking things are going to change overnight. It, it's not. And we have to recognize that and self-care so that we can continue forward on this march because it is not a sprint. It's not a sprint. And so I urge you to look at everyone, not with cancel culture, but I urge you to look at it with empathy and with kindness 
and making sure that you're managing your anger and showing up with your anger and your passion, but not with hate because it's just going to absolutely take all of the energy out from you and it's going to actually harm you and your brain and your life and your relationships and your career. And after all, this is a podcast for are amazing career-driven women and providing you with that self-care. And so if I wasn't expressing that to you, I wouldn't be doing what this podcast is supposed to do, which is provide you with self-care that you need as a career-driven woman. And if you want to move forward in being the best you and being a career-driven woman and putting the best foot forward in your career, you will have to manage the hate and make it anger because the hate will just suck away your true callings as well. And yes, a huge part of our calling is to bring this country to equity and justice, but you can't do it all the time. You can't do anything all the time and be truly successful. It's just like an athlete that gets injured. You have to sit out sometimes. If your emotions are getting injured, sometimes you need to take a break so that you can come back and fight that much harder. And you've got to pay attention to that within yourself. You can't just keep going and going and going because I think there's a lot of guilt that comes with cancel culture and hate and with our current climate because you think if you aren't going then you aren't fully supporting your people and your rights or that you're letting them down or that you feel this kind of guilt weighing on you. And I totally understand that. That is completely validated. But I think even in pop culture, we can see time and time again that anyone, whether it's their career or civil rights or human rights, if you just keep pushing forward and you don't actually take care of yourself, you will just burn right to the ground. And then not only will you not have fulfilled your dreams but one of your biggest dreams towards equity and justice you'll be worn out there was actually i forget which season it might have been the most one of the most recent seasons of queer eye love you where they actually helped a woman i believe she was out of college and grad school i can't remember and she was an activist and was in this really cool house with all these other activists and so they could really it's kind of like uh you know with video game streaming a lot of video gamers will all live in the same house or whatever kind of that same idea is that you know if you live with other activists then the meetings just downstairs in your living room and it becomes more part of your life than just something that takes you away you know you get more engrossed in it and therefore change happens quicker you are probably put forth better initiatives, um, different marches, and it's probably, you know, when you're all there as a group think all the time, it will move forward quicker and probably add more value. But when it's always your life and it's always there, then that self-care goes away and you end up just kind of being a shell of yourself and this is all you're doing. And Queer Eye really helped her kind of see that and validate how amazing she was and how important that her efforts were, but were able to show her, you still need to take care of yourself. And, you know, she wanted to be an activist as her career, but of course there's still things that you have to do to push forward in a career as an activist. You you do need to be doing more than, than just that. It's kind of like, okay, let's say you want to be in fashion, but you can't just be creating fashion. You've got to also figure the business side out too if you really want to be successful and how to manage a team that's going to do the makeup and do the hair 
and everything has more than one side. And so if we focus on just one side, then we're not going to get to where we need to as a country. And if we're only focusing on the hate, we're definitely not going to get where we need to be in this country. And you are going to burn out. You're going to set all of your other goals, whether it's a relationship or a career, on fire. And you're just going to be a worn out mess. And then you're going to actually have to probably physically stop being an activist and fighting for human rights and your rights because you, you'll you be burnt out and you could actually even make yourself physically ill. And so if anything, I say, if anything, just please take the hate out so that you can be fulfilled and have your own self-care because you can't go fight for what is right or what you believe in if you're a burnt out candle, if you're just a puddle of wax. So you need to make sure that through all of this, you are choosing to have your anger as passion to fuel you forward, but that you are managing your anger with therapy. You are getting tools to properly have the conversations you need to have with family, friends, other people you meet in the street, strangers that you know bring up these horrible things to you that say something to you in the streets, coworkers, employees, people you talk to day to day where these things might come up and you might need to properly defend yourself because that's unfortunately our daily reality, that you have the tools to properly explain and talk through things. Even if things get a little heated, you need those tools to manage your anger, to stay calm, and to be able to actually get your point across. Because if you're both just yelling through megaphones, you're no one's actually getting their point across. So we need to take this anger and make it a passion, but make it so that it's not hate, and then it's not harming us, and then it's not wearing us down, hurting our souls and our brains, harming other parts of our life, because that is gonna get this movement nowhere. And that's just going to drive your heart and soul and other passions and life into the ground. Don't become a shell of a person. No matter what you are fighting for, if you fuel it with hate, you will end up being a shell of a person. Even if it's you fighting for a positive thing. So please, do not become a shell. Manage your anger. Get the right tools. Have the conversations. Make sure you are still practicing self-care so that you still have your full self you aren't losing your personality, you aren't losing your life, your partnerships, your career that you've worked so hard for. Don't lose other facets of your life that you've worked so hard for. You have to be able to balance it all. And I know that's easier said than done, but there are ways to do it. And I'm not saying figure that out right now. I'm just saying keep yourself in check. Keep it in check that it stays a healthy amount of anger and not a toxic amount of hate that is only going to cause you self-harm more than it will actually change the future. So with that, I think we all know who my Woman Crush Wednesday is. It's Madam Vice President. And it's also everyone, every woman that voted. I'm so freaking proud of you. I saw all the I voted stickers on Susan B. Anthony's grave. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's just so amazing that we have, you know, pretty much within a century gone from no voting rights 
to a woman in the White House. And that is monumental. Don't forget it. I know it seems like it's been a long time, but in the blip of history, we're still a baby of a country. And, and you know, a little over 100 years is really not that much. And look how fucking far we've gotten. The movement is alive and well and thriving. And this nation is going to become even better. And we're all going to be proud to be American. And we're going to continue moving forward for equity and justice and equal human rights that aren't in question one day anymore. <laughs> Be nice to get there. Maybe not in our lifetime, but this is something to celebrate. So amazing job, women of America. We have a woman in the White House, a woman of color in the White House. It's truly beautiful and amazing. And I hope you're proud to be an American. I definitely am. And let's continue moving forward, making sure that we are still providing ourselves with self-care so that the movement can actually move and not just be snuffed out by hate. Let's put our passion and our anger into the right avenues and continue our empathy and self-care. It's the only way we're going to move forward as a nation and as an individual person. So with that, thank you so much for listening. I will promise next week's episode, I will leave out the politics, but it needed to be said. So I hope you enjoyed listening. I would love to hear any of your ideas for additional episodes. If there's any anxiety that has especially been fueling you lately, please let me know. You can message me on Instagram at, at Mallory.Blaine. It's at M-A-L-L-O-R-Y dot B-L-A-Y-N-E. Please connect with me on Instagram. I always would love to hear what topics you would like to discuss, but also if there's any anxieties that I didn't touch on in this episode that have really been eating you up, please let me know. We're in this together and we're only going to get through it if we are together and we help each other and lift each other up because women should always be there to lift each other up. That's the only way we're going to move forward. So woman in the White House, Madam Vice President, have a great rest of your week and do not forget because it matters and it counts to continue to leave your mark. <laughs>